Hi and welcome to Off Grid, the not really about crosswords podcast. My name's Void. And I'm Dave. Now, not really about crosswords. That's a funny phrase. What do you mean by that? Yeah, okay. Uh, Sure, a lot of people are into crosswords, definitely. But me and Dave, we weren't really sure how a crossword podcast would actually work or how wide its appeal would be so instead we thought that along with our guest what we would do is use a crossword as a starting point to find interesting things to talk about and so we've solved a cryptic crossword from the newspaper before each episode but we'll then just let it suggest subjects for us to talk about and quiz about um But we will also pick a favourite clue each out of the puzzle and have a quick explanation of how that works. Um, But if you're not particularly into crosswords, that's fine, because hopefully you'll still find something interesting from the rest of it. For this mini introduction episode, it's just me and Dave, and we have solved Rodriguez's puzzle from The Independent on Saturday the 5th of June 2021. Uh, that's number 10810. So if you want to avoid spoilers, then stop the podcast and go and solve it. And if you're a crossword solver, then there's a little extra special something in there that you might like, which makes this puzzle a bit interesting. Anyway, I picked out my favourite clue from the puzzle, and that was 26 across, which is content to leave Zimbabwe with many a fanatic six letters. Uh, You can have a little think about that if you like, if you're a solver, and I'll explain how the clue works in a little while after Dave tells us which word he's found some inspiration from. Okay, this time it was 23 across, where the answer was Westwood Ho. Uh, Yeah, I thought that was promising. It's uh, referred to in the clue as a novel. Uh, And so it is. It's an 1855 novel by Charles Kingsley, who's probably best known to us nowadays for the Water Babies. That's probably the one other fact I could have told you about Charles Kingsley. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was it was made in that was made into a 1978 part animated film with Bernard Cribbins and James Mason, Um, but. (laughs) Westwood Ho, on the other hand, it's got a different claim to fame. Um, one main location in the book is Biddeford in Devon. Uh, it's a sort of fictionalised account of a real privateer called uh, Amius Preston, who becomes Amius Lee in the book. Um, it was a bestseller. Uh, the local tourist industry, as they are wont to do, kind of cashed in at the time. So there's a company who set up a hotel called the Westwood Hotel. It was a terrible pun for the mid-19th century. <laughs> um, on, on the board of this company was the then Earl of Portsmouth, and I'm only mentioning him because of his wonderful name, which was Isaac Newton Wallop. Um, <laughs> but around the hotel, they grew a settlement, and the whole village gained the name of Westwood Ho after the novel. Um, right. The upshot of this is that it's one of the very few place names in the world that's got an exclamation mark in it, because the novel is actually called Westwood Ho! Exclamation mark. Um, yeah. 
I'll just skip back to Isaac Newton Wallop for a second. Yeah, go on. There are actually quite a few places that are called Wallop in Britain, aren't there? There's, there's Nether Wallop is the one that springs to mind, and I think there's a few others. Yes, but, uh, well, I think he was yeah. along, I think the, that uh, Portsmouth, there was a long line of Wallops. Sorry, there were probably um, landowners. I suspect a lot of those place names are probably named after them, yeah. Ah. Could be. Yes, so the exclamation mark. Yeah, so I was looking around to see uh, places with exclamation marks in their name. There are a couple of others, but they're kind of places that adopted their exclamation marks fairly recently as marketing gimmicks. Um, right. There are a lot of towns and cities in America called Madison, fairly uh, reasonably, because the fourth president was James Madison, and they've kind of named places after their presidents. Um, yep. One of those in Ohio adopted an exclamation mark uh, in 86, sort of as a gimmick to make themselves stand out from all the others, I guess. Um, but it hasn't stuck, and it, it's kind of fallen by the wayside as a bit of a kind of just a, a gimmick, really. But there is... So in- it became Madison Factorial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Briefly. Briefly. And in Canada, uh, in, there's a municipality in Quebec called Saint-Louis-du-Ha-Ha, with two exclamation <laughs> marks, one after each ha. Uh, see, um, I was, I was going to bring up, hey, isn't there someone with two exclamation marks in its name because mm-hmm. of the um, Westwood Ho has one? But I couldn't remember what it was, so I thought, oh, well, I won't bring it up. But you found it. Excellent. I found it, Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I, I think the idea is the ha in question obviously got a similar meaning in French to in English, a hidden obstruction, such as a, a boundary wall set into a ditch so it's not to obscure the view. So that, I thought that was all quite interesting. And I thought I'd finish off with a couple of literary quotes about exclamation marks. Uh, the novelist Victor Hugo once telegraphed his... You know, when you send a telegraph, it was like... Paid by, charged by the by the character, so you want to make it as brief as you can, which yeah. is exactly what I'm not doing here. Uh, <laughs> Hugo telegraphed his publishers a single question mark by way of inquiring about the sales of his latest book, and they replied with a single exclamation mark to indicate it was selling jolly well. Thank you. <laughs> That's good. I wonder what other punctuation marks they could have replied with. Well, um, twice. How about a percentage to say percentage. Uh, we're enjoying our cut? Yeah. <laughs> or asterisk to tell you, well, it's going well, but. <laughs> Further details to follow in footnote. Yeah. So there's uh, Terry Pratchett, God bless him. He was clearly in favour of restraint when it comes to the use of the exclamation mark. Uh, you've got a couple of quotes from him. In Eric, he says, multiple exclamation marks are a sure sign of a diseased mind. And in Masquerade, someone has used five, and he says that's a sure sign of someone who wears his underpants on his head. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's more than enough for me on exclamation uh, marks. Tell us about that clue. Good old Terry Pratchett. Uh, yes, the clue. So I'll read it out again. It was 26 across, and it was content to leave Zimbabwe with many a fanatic. Six letters. Uh, except it doesn't say content. It says content and content is a crosswordy way of saying the middle letters of something so the content is to leave Zimbabwe which will just leave you with 
the Z and the E from the outside edges. And that is with many. And many is a lot. So if you have Z, E, a lot, that spells zealot. Uh, and that matches what's left of the clue, which is a fanatic for the definition. And I thought it was a, a nice, succinct clue. Very sharp and to the point, very clearly clued. And um, it could be said that uh, some people did leave Zimbabwe because of fanatics. And I guess people on both sides could probably say that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a nice example of one of those clues where they use a word that you can read with two different pronunciations and try and lead you up the garden path with the wrong one, isn't it? Yeah. So well played, Rodriguez. Quiz time. Eek. I, I've got a quiz question for you, Dave. Now, one of the answers in the crossword was palm d'or. It was. Or palm d'or, if you don't want to do a French accent. The palm d'or, as I'm sure you know, is the top prize that can be awarded to a film at the Cannes Film Festival. I do know that. But do you know by what other name was the prize known from 1939 to 1954 and from 1964 to 1974. Now, that I don't know. I obviously should have read a little more when I was looking up my potential bits of information. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, right. I've got a few I, I know that the, the, I know that the palm is because of the, the palm trees that are in the, in, along that coastal region. So that's why, and it's the, the symbol of the town. So they've adopted it for the prize. It literally translates as golden palm, so the best prize would be golden, yeah. Was this alternative name for the prize, was that still a golden something? Was it a golden something else? It was not golden. Okay, the first hint I'll give you, there is a sporting connection to this answer. Oh, heck, that makes it even less likely for me to know the answer. Mm. <laughs> okay, and next hint then, can is not a million miles away from a place that is famously associated with the answer to this question. So you can think on that Mediterranean coast. I'm not sure I can, although I've got a world atlas sitting right next to me, and of course I'm <laughs> hey, that's on cheating. the internet at the moment, yeah. but oh, the time it would take. All right. Dead um, air. Oh, put me out of my misery. Well, the next clue is, is probably a fairly obvious clue, but it's a French phrase. So you're looking for a French sporting phrase associated with a place near Cannes. And my final clue for you is cars. Cars? As in yeah. motor vehicles? Yep. Ah. Oh, it wasn't the Grand Prix, was it? It was the Grand Prix. Well done, the big prize. <laughs> well done, <laughs> the big prize, <laughs> the great prize. It's well, it, it, it's it almost a rubbish the, name. It took me to the dead obvious giveaway one before I got that. There we are. Yeah, but but at least you got there. Yeah, because Cannes is not far along the coast from Monaco, Monte Carlo, famous Grand Prix there. Uh, yeah. So when I was looking at this up, well, I originally just looked up the Palm Door and read a few things about it and I thought oh it changed its name right I'll, I'll just 
I'll find out why it changed its name. So I clicked on the link that was provided for the uh, the footnote about the change of name. And I got a 404 page not found. So I don't know why it was called the Grand Prix or why it changed its name. That's what you get with internet research, folks. Page not found. <laughs> oh, mystery. Well, the the one thing that I did find because I was I was looking at Palm Door as well to be uh, to be honest. Um, it's uh, there are only three films that have won both the Palm Door and Best Picture at the Oscars. Now, Ooh. you haven't got a hope in hell of getting two of them, but you might have a hope of hell, in hell of getting the third one because it was quite recent. Was it by any chance the artist? No, it's more recent than that. I was oh, quite okay. thinking that because they do like the old French films. Yeah, but no, more it's recent still... than that. Uh, was it Moonlight? No, more recent than that. I think. I mean, obviously, in twenty twenty, there was twenty twenty, there was no uh, Cannes Festival because of obvious um, logistical problems. Yeah, but there was one in twenty nineteen. If I say Korea. Oh, there was a foreign language film that won the Best Picture, which surprised everyone, wasn't it? Um, and I do know the name of it. Uh, it's going to bug you. Edit point, edit point, Parasite. There we go. Nice, yes. Ah, oh, no, I didn't know. Well, the other two then, since uh, I yep. won't have a chance of guessing. Well, well, one I think is is quite well known, but it was 1945, which was The Lost Weekend. Do you know The Lost in Weekend? In a hotel in Amsterdam and double pneumonia in a single room, as Lloyd Cole sang. Uh, Ray Milland was in that film. He was. It's a Billy Wilder film. Yeah. Won four Oscars, uh, Best Director, Actor, Screenplay, as well as Best Film. Yeah. Uh, was it a film about alcoholism? Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and those, that's all I know about Lost Weekend. Yeah, and the other one was 1955, a film called Marty. Oh, okay, I know the lead actor in that, um, whose name will spring to my mind. Um, Ernie Ernest Borgnine. Ernest yeah, Borgnine okay. is exactly. Oh, well, it's more more well known than I thought it was. I had to look that one up. I've never heard of it. Yeah, a melodrama. I tell you, what, I hadn't heard of it until quite recently when I was watching an episode of Pointless, and it was one of the answers yeah. that was uh, that was a pointless answer. So I thought I must remember that. Marvelous. <laughs> For if I'm ever on Pointless. Okay, so that's a little taster of the quizzy type stuff we'll have, and as I mentioned earlier, we will have a guest with every regular episode, and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, some things we find interesting okay well that's about it from us for this time thanks for listening uh please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts the show notes will be at tlmb.net forward slash off grid and you can say hi to us on twitter if you like i'm at skirwingle and i'm at the void tlmb that's it. Hope you enjoyed this little taster. Hope you come back for more. Thanks for listening, everyone. And goodbye. Goodbye, folks.
that was a short taste of Off Grid. If you enjoyed it, please look out for a launch episode coming soon. The theme tune was by The Trudy, who you can check out on YouTube and other places. Uh, we'll be back, hopefully soon, with a full episode of Off Grid. So join us then. Bye-bye. That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs>